dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Sauce. I'm in my uh, dining room. Sauce, I don't know where you are. It looks like you're on the couch there with our recording gear. I've got the AirPods in, uh, recording this remotely once again, extended lockdown in Victoria. Hey, Pez. Yeah, in my dining room, on my coffee room table, I've got uh, the recording gear spread out across the uh, the house, hoping, fingers crossed, that uh, the roommate, the little dog here, doesn't... Uh, have make a guest appearance, uh, hoping everything's under control. But speaking of the dogs, pairs, it was a huge week for for football. The dogs, uh, the dogs didn't turn up on our Friday night football. We had a big comeback from uh, Essendon Ooh. against the West Coast Eagles. You know, some people calling it the best win of the club's history. Some saying in the best uh, in the last or in the twenty first century, their best win, which is only a couple of years. Um, so, really interesting round of footy. Yeah, it was an interesting round of footy, and it's going to be a very interesting round 12 with the buys and the changing of fixtures and things like that, and uh, all the Melbourne teams actually out of Victoria now playing away. So we'll get into that a little bit later in the show, but uh, to talk about that, Melbourne uh, deserves some credit on Friday night. They had the Bulldogs uh, all outclassed everywhere around the ground. They won nearly every single stat, and uh, their run into the Ford 50 was great, but their defence... Is, is the part that's really holding up. Uh, we, we keep saying, uh, well, I definitely keep saying that, you know what, I don't believe them as a contender, but I don't know what point you have to look at them as a contender, but the finals footy in September, can they get it done? Uh, they will finish top four. Uh, can they continue their run and uh, get that top two spot and maybe play some home finals at the MCG? Yeah, hopefully we're out of lockdown for them to play, but Pez, you are right. They dominated a lot of the contests, but they, they built... Um it was a coaching sort of strategy that were really employed by the demons that really helped them putting numbers behind the football and not allowing the dogs to, to move laterally. And we know that they like to play that little handball, little disposal, over dispose of the football to get their, their pill moving. But a lot of the time the Bulldogs had nothing but to do, but to, to bomb it long. And uh, they just beat them. Uh, they forced them into situations that the Bulldogs are uncomfortable with. And, and they, they killed them in those contested marks and, the rebound 50s, well, not, not even rebound 50s half the time, the rebound off of a turnover and intercept marks really structured themselves to have a good shot at goal. And we know that when Melbourne, you know, we know that they have a lot of inside 50s and when they have multiple inside 50s and actually hit targets, they look very good. Yeah, and uh, interesting with Melbourne in their forward line as well. So they dropped Ben Brown a few weeks ago after only playing a couple of games and still with the, the smaller type forward line. But Tom McDonald's been playing well. He's been presenting well. But I think one of the big moves was... Uh, they put a bit of attention into Tom Liberatore, which teams don't usually do. He doesn't usually damage you uh, coming out of the contest with his metres gained, but the way he wins the ball inside that contest and then gets it out to the the runners uh, for the Bulldogs is really important. So I think that was a big coaching move that uh, wasn't really counteracted uh, by Beveridge. And uh, Melbourne ended up winning very, very comfortably. High scoring in the first half, and if you were on the overs source, uh, you would have been loving it, over 100 points scored, and then uh, it just missed the the overs in the end. So if anyone backed the overs there, that would have been a pretty horrible watch in that second half. Yeah, most definitely, Pez. Um, 
You know, interesting what you said there about uh, Liberatore, then really stopping him from getting to a lot of those contested possessions and really putting in a work to him because he has been their, you know, their prolific ball ball winner. Last year we had Caleb Daniels really delicate, um, um, dominating and when we saw teams actually plan for the players that are more impactful for the doggies and not just over-possessing the football, they, they can counteract it with, an, um, you know, with some really good contests and actually putting the scores, on the, or scores away for the win. Yeah, and uh, what do they go to, Source? They're, they're down through that. They've had uh, nine nine wins or ten wins now, ten, win, ten and one. Uh, Bulldogs take their second loss, and uh, they're looking very strong uh, heading into state this week. But uh, the next game, oh, this was rough on uh, all ends for all supporters, not just Geelong and Collingwood supporters, but I think anyone watching this game as a full-time score of 61 to 51, but no one could kick for goal. It was really scrappy, and Collingwood didn't even kick a goal in the first half, source zero seven. Yeah, it was not uh, not a great performance to start up our lockdown weekend. Uh, and you know, they saw a really good tweet out there: is that anyone that breaks um, the lockdown protocols over the weekend should be made to rewatch that game because it was an absolute <laughs> disgrace. Not only with poor scoring, pairs, just poor use of the football. Um, you know, the cats we know like to overpossess the football, but their skill level just wasn't wasn't there. They had a lot of good forward entries, but. They actually were defended quite well in their forward line. They were sort of they went to a, an undulong like football, sort of just sort of having sprays at goal, and a lot of the time coming away with you know behind or hitting the post, or sometimes not even making the distance. So the weather conditions were uh, looked really good for football, but there seemed like there was some sort of a breeze through there that was really putting the, the goal scoring off. But to the credit of the Magpies, they they didn't put it, um, the cue in the rack at half time when they hadn't kicked a goal. They came out in that third and fourth quarter, and they made a bit of a contest. I mean, I don't know if they ever were really in the game and I think Geelong sort of put the cue in the rack and sort of looked ahead to get into the bye they get some numbers back you know it was just a routine win but the, the Magpies did uh, quite well in that second half after <laughs> a yucky 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 start <laughs> uh, Terrible uh, Geelong up by 28 points late in that fourth quarter source and then within five minutes Collingwood had turned around and kicked three goals and they were within 10 points so uh, never in danger as you said of actually losing it but um, uh, another one if you were back in Geelong at the line, I think it got down to minus 18 and a half. I was chatting to you on the Saturday. Uh, you would have been filthy with that that beat of the line. Um, so that was no good. But uh, Geelong walk away with a win. That's all they've really got to do. Uh, Collingwood might struggle this week as well. It's a very, really big game over at Adelaide. Uh, versing them as well. They've got some big outs that we'll speak about later on as well. Yeah, nothing bigger than their Ruckman going down there. Brody Grundy actually, you know, doing a little bit of an interesting sort of contest with him and Reece Stanley. He sort of jolted his neck back, uh, pinched a nerve in his neck, and uh, that'll be really, really tough for, for them coming up against the Crows this week. Yeah, it's it's not going to be uh, too good for them without uh, Brody Grundy, who, as we know, has been winning the hitouts, not having a massive impact, but he did have a bit of an impact on the weekend. Uh, especially in that second half when they were actually getting some scores on the board. Uh, the next game up at the Gabba, Brisbane, aren't they in form without Lockie Neal in the team? I think he comes back this week, but they just demolished GWS. It was 19 goals, 15, 129 to 10 goals, 5, 65. Ended up winning by 64 points. It could have been a lot more because I'm pretty sure they took the foot off the accelerator there, Source. 
Yeah, it was um, most viewers for the Geelong uh, Collingwood game would have turned uh, across straight away because it was going on at the same time, Pez, and it was a very impressive opening 20 minutes. They just piled on the score. They just moved the football brilliantly. brilliantly. Joe Danaher, as we've spoken three or four weeks in a row, he really opens up that forward line, and it, it gives them such a forward structure. While he's not getting on the scoreboard, they have so many avenues to kill you, and uh, you're right, Pez, it could have been a lot more than 64 points, which is you know pretty staggering for the Giants, but it just shows you how much... Uh, the, the Lions are really coming to their own and they're, they're hitting form after the, the rough first three weeks of the season, you know, having to be locked out of their own um, home state, having to play a game, you know, the, the informed dogs down in Bendigo or Ballarat, wherever the hell they move that game after the, the lockdown. So, um, yeah, really, um, really hitting stride at the right time. Yeah, and uh, the multiple goal kickers that they had, they could have had more. They had four players kick one goal one. They had three, uh, three players kick one goal two source. Uh, three players kick two goals, and then Mitch Robinson pops up with the leading goal kicker for the game who kicked four goals, one as well. So, as, uh, well, as well as 30 disposals there, Pez. As well as 30 disposals, Mitch Robinson. Had 30 disposals. Unbelievable. 24 of them kicks. Now, he did have 12 marks, so obviously uh, GWS weren't showing the effort. He was marking them on the wing and going everywhere. Uh, he could just do whatever he wants, so he would have loved that on uh, Saturday and would have been up and about uh, at the in the song and then afterwards for a few frothies, I reckon, as well. Yeah, what a turnaround he's he's done in his career from his little music fest festival incident three or four years ago. Uh, compared to Brendan Favola, where they shipped him off to Brisbane, he's turned it around. And you know, I know that uh, there's other people that say that they're the barometer of the Brisbane Lions, but he really is because when he's up and firing, the Brisbane Lions look so much better um, than when he's not firing. And he brings heart and soul. And yeah, the Lions are looking dangerous, and they'll be looking forward to their Friday night clash uh, against the D's. Yeah, well, I guess if you're a barometer of, the, of a footy club, you'd want to be playing every week. And uh, <laughs> Reese Matheson's actually been omitted this week. So yeah. uh, self-proclaimed uh, barometer. Oh, pencil in the boss Kind of need to keep that uh, under the rug until you get a regular gig, I reckon, and probably let others uh, give you the nicknames, not uh, give, give it to yourself. I think you'd uh, cop a bit of flack at training for that. Yeah, most definitely, Pez. All right, we go on to your Saints, who uh, recovered quite well from a 111 drubbing last week against uh, the informed dogs. They, they came up against the sort of, um, I guess, what's what's the right word to describe North Melbourne, Pez, uh, in a nice way? Uh, <laughs> the shittest team in the club. Yeah, well, uh, you made them look pretty ordinary there, Pez, as well, uh, because they made you work a lot harder for, for the four points than you probably suspected uh, that. Uh, the, the Saints obviously getting it done in, in the um, the overall mark things, but the, the North Melbourne showed some fight throughout the game. Oh, yeah, a little bit of fight. I think um, Ben Cunnington uh, and his handballing skills always on song, um, but I think it was more... It was a horrible game to watch, Source. Uh, North Melbourne coming out of defence and just turning the ball over they continually tried to kick it into the corridor and St Kilda would just pick it off one after one and then go down and kick it behind like they usually do. So they kicked three goals, six in the first quarter, piled on four in the second quarter, but they also kicked five behind. So for the game, 12 goals, 16 points, it continues to be an issue for St Kilda. And we had all those articles during the week source uh, that Max King reached out to his uh, high school uh, coach. I don't know if it was in high school, but Matthew Lloyd coached him when he, when he was in high school and he wanted to, a little bit of advice, maybe a training session to help him with his goal kicking. And St Kilda actually came out and said no. So oh. um, love or hate Matthew Lloyd, I don't understand why you would say no if he's offering uh, to help someone kick a goal because he was a beautiful set shot. 
I guess the Saints are trying to say it's not a non-issue and it's a lot of mental. But since that performance against the Cats, where he kicked what zero six was it, and you know th- missed three of those in the opening quarter, his confidence definitely has has definitely taken a hit. And I, I would be trying anything that you can to try and get his mental state in front of goal a little bit more stable because they they, they got the opportunities there. I mean the Saints, you know, had eighteen scoring shots scoring shots from twenty five forward entries. They were dominating the contestant ball and the contestant clearances. You know, winning that eighteen to nine at one stage. I don't know why you wouldn't give your premier forward and the person that you have invested a lot of money in the long term an opportunity to get better at kicking for goal, which is how you win football games, Pez. And also, St Kilda, give him an opportunity to actually take a mark inside 50 and give him a shot at goal against the worst team in the comp. Hardly kicked the ball to him. He only had eight touches and uh, two behinds. They put Josh Battle down there, who actually looked pretty good source uh, up forward. Uh, kick 0-3, so his uh, kicking in front of goal was absolutely horrendous, probably worse than Max King. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a chance to really bury uh, North Melbourne, and we know St Kilda second worst percentage in the league uh, at seventy six. They've just gone above Hawthorne, so third worst in the league now. But uh, they're really struggling there at twelfth on uh, five wins and only seventy six percent. Yeah, Pez, a win's a win, though, and it keeps your finals hope alive. Just hanging on still, you need to string across, uh, some better form definitely going forward. But a team that sort of would have their eyes looking at uh, at September this year is the Suns uh, and, you know, uh, King's brother. He's definitely got the kicking boots on there. He kicks uh, four <laughs> against the against the local uh, Hawks, Pez. Him and our man, uh, Rankine. Oh, Rankine oh, the X four as well. How, how good's that? Gold Coast, this is another one where I think teams... At the end, I don't know what it is, if it's mid-season um, fatigue or something, Source Teams could have actually buried clubs, but they took the foot off the accelerator again, and so did the Gold Coast Suns. Um, they're sitting with only four wins and a costly loss to Adelaide earlier in the year. A couple of other really costly losses um, when they had a few injuries as well. So they could be a lot higher. They could probably actually be in the eight at the moment, but um, they're not. They're down at 14th. They've got to continue to fight and see if they can actually make something of this season. But pretty impressive. Um, I know it was only against Hawthorne, but Hawthorne still have some quality players in this um, source as well. So um, Gold Coast, it's a step in the right direction. It's a win. It's a big win, 37 points. So they did it in front of their home crowd and uh, can build some confidence for the rest of the year. And this is the wins that we've been talking about, Gold Coast, for a couple of years, you know, when we've all sort of seen the shining light, excuse the pun, is that those, you know, veteran players that they've got in there, and I say veteran players at their age 24 since the young club's sort of inception, this is the one that they needed to have. You know, it would have been good for them not to take the foot off the accelerator, send a message to everyone, build that percentage. I mean, we had Took Miller with 37 touches, Alice with 28, Lacocious with 27, Swallow with 25. Those players in those tough losses haven't been shining and this is where they need to build that confidence and they were fantastic against the Hawks as you said you still got to beat the Hawks those lowly teams but it was an impressive performance from the Gold Coast Suns it was mate if I could choose someone to have the ball in their hands it might be Jack Lacocious he's an absolute beautiful pick of the footy I love watching him off the half back line he kicked it into the middle made this um, amazing kick the guy was about 65 out continued running down that guy made the next kick inside 50 then Lacocious got the handball Kicked it from 55, beautiful goal. So if he can run off the back line and do that when Gold Coast are up and about and they've got uh, Rao back, they've got their Ruckman with wits and all of that, they could actually really contend if they get a full season in. Um, they've just got to continue to grow and uh, continue to fight. Continue to fight, Pez, is where we go for our next uh, story because the Essendon Football Club had one of their best wins in uh, most recent history. Coming back from 29 points, um, <laughs> 
to, to put on a stellar performance. Um, they, they were up against the West Coast Eagles who couldn't miss in the first half, but the, the continued pressure that they showed and the, the come-from-behind victory down 29 points in that second quarter to come back and win was really, really... Um, well, it set Essendon's seasons right and hot. They're sitting in the eight at the moment, Pez. We both had them down the bottom of the ladder, bottom four, and we've had a lot of tweets throughout the week about the bottom four, but are Essendon contenders with this win? Um, no, they're not contenders. They're still a very poor side. Um, not sitting in the eight source. They're outside the eight by one game. So sitting in ninth uh, with five wins there, which is really surprising. Um, but to be able to come back against the Eagles, it was a very, very good one. Last week, what was it you called? Uh, I can't remember what you called all the Essendon supporters that were having a go at you at the start of the year. You Flubs. called them plebs or knobs. <laughs> knobs, I reckon knobs. it was. Um, so I reckon they'll be uh, in your DMs ready to uh, absolutely bring the, the torch and the pitchforks out to you. Um, it, it was a great win. Jake Stringer um, in the last quarter, he, he was really, uh, really good. Uh, Cale Hooker was up and about when he, when he nearly kicked that goal and um, it was touched on the line. He wasn't too happy with the review, even though it was uh, definitely touched. But the ball lived in the bomber's end in that fourth quarter. Um, I had the score on there, 29 points, as you said, and could not believe that Essendon were able to come back and, and get this win. Um uh, it was was really impressive. A, a good win. Now they get to stay over there for Dreamtime at the at not the G Optus Stadium. And uh, can they keep it going and actually make something of this season? I think uh, I think not. I'm going to write them off. I already wrote them off anyway. <laughs> You've already I? wrote them off. So you just you're standing firm with the the bottom four finish pairs. They go on a bit of a, a bit of a tumble from here, do they? Oh, they're they're just not a good uh, footy side at the moment. They've got some really good young players that can continue to go, but sides above them should. Uh, should have their way with them and things like that. I know, it, like Tim Kelly, he got injured with that knee injury yeah. and uh, it really cost West Coast in the end. They just stopped uh, even kicking the ball forward uh, and just wanted to try and save the game. And when you do that, uh, especially against a, a running side like Essendon, uh, off the half-back line with Heppel and Hind, uh, they were able to take advantage of that and really pile on the scores in that fourth quarter. Yeah, and that's definitely a factor that contributed to Essendon with their comeback. You had Oscar Allen go out in that second quarter as well um, with a head injury, and you had Tim Kelly with that, with that knee injury. You know, our thoughts go out to both those players, but nothing away from Essendon. They they, they bought the fight. They never gave up. They were still in that game early on despite, um, you know, Essendon's, uh, sorry, West Coast straight shooting, um, and it, it did take away when the pressure started building West Coast just made some really, really silly mistakes, and you're right. That forward pressure that they um, that they applied, they they were an unbelievable tackle count inside their fifty. I wish I had the stat on me, Pez, but they were almost triple. Like the inside fifty tackle count it was incredible, and that's what you want from teams when they are down is that fight. And Essendon definitely have shown that fight with some of those young emerging stars. Yeah, um, absolutely insane. Great win for Essendon. The supporters will be up and about, uh, and the best thing about it is their finals drought of 6,500 and something days will continue to grow uh, into 2022. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm the pre- next... I appreciate you for jumping in there and stealing all the people that are going to slide into my uh, DMs there, Pez. That's <laughs> at Perry 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 Chicken, isn't it there, Pez? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll be right. Um, get some hot uh, Nando sauce on there. Uh, Richmond versus Adelaide was a, a different type of game. Adelaide came out, kicked six goals in the first quarter. Richmond kind of pegged it back towards the end of that first, but um, five goals to one in the second quarter. Richmond really came out, uh, had the lead at halftime and then just ran away with it in the third as well, six goals to one. So uh, the biggest thing out of this game, Source, was, uh, you know, the controversy we were going to have on Brownlow night with Mark of the Year between uh, Shea Bolton and Brody, well, not Brody Grundy, um, Brody Mycheck. Uh, Brody Mycheck won Mark of the Round uh, when Shea Bolton obviously was a clear, clearly better mark. I think Jack Rewald's got him covered. 
running back with the flight, getting the, the legs up on the on his opponent and uh, taking a beautiful mark. Yeah, Pez, it was an incredible mark. Uh, not not uh, your typical high-flying specky that we normally see from Jumping Jack, but it, it was uh, so the elevation running back with the fly of the footy and then put himself right in the firing line for Marble Chol, who was coming through with a big big contest and a big hit and uh, a great mark. And a lot of comparisons to Jonathan Brown and, and his cousin, actually, uh, Nick Rewalt's courageous mark. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that in coin toss a little bit later there, Pez. No, you're going to bring that in in coin toss, so we don't have to speak about it now. Yep. But we can speak about what Nick Raywalt said. Nick Raywalt said it was uh, not very good, not a good mark. <laughs> yeah, that's not, you never give props to your, uh, your your cousins there, Pez, let alone someone who's got a couple more premierships than the Saints. That's a low blow by me. So I'm going to keep on moving there. Uh, we, you know, this, this game was a pinnacle of what we, we have known and come to love about Richmond is that when the firing lines happen, they just seem to persevere, Pez. Like, they looked down and out in that first quarter. You know, six goals piled on them. They didn't look like they were going to be able to compete with the Crows, but they just did Richmond things, and this is what we've been waiting for. And as long as Richmond stay afloat, Pez, they are going to be a real danger in, coming into September. Yeah, it doesn't matter where they finish. They're, they're always a chance. Uh, three Three flags in four years, you write them off at your own peril. Um, Jack Rewalt kicks five goals, two, took that beautiful mark, as we said. And Coleman Jones, uh, just a couple of games he's played, uh, kicked four straight and uh, really enjoyed his day uh, over at Giant Stadium against Adelaide Crows. Yeah, great performances from our man Ben Keys, mate. He had 31. Um, he's really turned himself in from a, a decent sort of tagger to a prolific midfielder who's winning the ball. And he just needs to use that football a little bit better, which will come with some, you know, some more experience and some um, better cattle around him. But... Um, I mean, the Adelaide Crows, they, they've sort of been gallant. They've, they've had three more wins than we than anyone expected from them this year. And they just need to be able to stay in these contests longer. And similar to what we've said about Gold Coast in the last couple of years, when it gets to that last quarter, showing that fight and, you know, really leaning on that home crowd. They've got a great home crowd there. Uh, they just need to, to be better with the football and look after it a bit more if they want to, you know, steal a couple of these wins. Yeah, and uh, they, they had the chance to, you know, either, either hold on or really compete. To lose by 28 in the end is, is probably disappointing, but it's probably where they're at at the moment, the Adelaide Crows. Uh, also where Carlton's at uh, with another loss under their belt, uh, Sydney with a comfortable 22-point uh, win here. Source uh, Harry McKay uh, couldn't kick a goal in that fourth quarter. He ended up with three goals, five, but Cripps also had three. Franklin had three. Papley had three. And our man, Isaac Heaney, had three goals, one as well. Yeah, really disappointing for the Blues. They they went into the last quarter down by three, and they let the you know the the Swans pile on three, and they just put the game to bed straight early. They had control of this game for for most of it. Was sort of a topsy turvy sort of game, but I, I thought watching it that they had control of the game, and they just couldn't put Sydney away, and they just couldn't put the score on the scoreboard. Um, and you know the the Swans forward line um, just yeah took advantage of every opportunity that they had in that last quarter and buried the Blues and. It's really disappointing, Pez, because you know I think Blue supporters early on were looking at this game, saying, "Well, this is a win for us. This should have been a win for them, in in my opinion." But their, their season continued to slip away from them, Pez. Yeah, they've they've lost. They've cost themselves too much uh, early on in the season, and with these games like that, they're sitting thirteenth, only four wins, seven losses. You can pretty much write them off out of finals, but they're going to be competitive in the second half of the this season here to be able to, you know, steal some of those wins. They might, they might actually get one that they're, they're not meant to get sourced uh, with the way they're going. Uh, and Harry McKay up forward, who's probably going to get on a, uh, a bit of coin and, and sign that big deal with uh, Carlton as well. Um, 
Who's the next game we head into? And the last game of the round there, Pez, was Port Adelaide versus Fremantle. It was a bit of a non-event. Um, Port Adelaide, the flat-track bullies that we know them to be, uh, actually really beat down on Fremantle. They absolutely piled it on early, really displaying and, and bouncing back from their, their disappointing um, loss, I, say, I guess, in the last couple of weeks against top sides. And, you know, I don't know if this really changes anyone's opinion about Port Adelaide, but it's good to see them go through the routine wins and put away teams that they're meant to put away. Yeah, they put them away early, source real early, by seven goals, five. But Fremantle's goal kicking, they they could have been actually in it. Zero goals, seven. So they could have been a lot closer. They they did bring it back uh, uh, closer towards the uh, second quarter in the middle of the third where they weren't too many points behind. But Port Adelaide, uh, four goals to one in that last quarter and uh, cemented a 46-point win. Comfortable win, which they need to do because uh, they've, they've cost themselves in a few games, Port Adelaide, this year so far. Yeah, they, they have, Pez, and, and, and this is what we talk about with those sides, you know, that are going to make up the eight. It's it's the routine wins, it's a good little uh, percentage booster, it's a good little confidence booster for some of those stars in Port Adelaide that haven't performed against some of those, uh, the, the the teams that you would expect them to be, you know, it's I don't know if it sort of changes anyone's opinion, as I said about them, but it, again, it's a routine win, it's 46 points, it's a big win against a team that, you know, are definitely going to give some teams in that top eight a little bit of struggle with how defensive they can be. Yeah, I, I think um, Port Adelaide will, you know, be able to compete and possibly win a final or two in, in September. But uh, speaking about Fremantle, they were missing Tabernat on the weekend. Uh, he should come back in this week. Fife was their leading goal kicker with two goals. But Rory Lobb, ever since he's come back in, he's presenting well. He's getting shots on goal. But he is struggling in front of the sticks as well. He kicked one goal too. And that's the same thing week after week. If he kicks uh, some of those goals, he has uh, set shots at really important times and can take a good grab. He really needs to uh, step up his game if Fremantle are going to get a few more wins for the end of the year. Yeah, I heard he reached out to Matthew Lloyd to, to get a little bit of helping hand there, Pez. Uh, so expect a, a much improved performance from him uh, when he returns uh, from the bye. I actually know they're playing this week, so you can pencil him in for four goals there, Pez, in your bet slip. He's, he's, uh, spoken to yeah, well, he might have uh, <laughs> done that. But speaking about bet slips, I wonder who you're going to reach out to uh, because, as we know on Twitter, source, well, you're heading into a, a big donut. Yes. Soft review. There's no official review. How does it end? We don't know. They kind of lost, but they won as well. Yeah, that intro instills no confidence in me, Pez, because uh, what have they done? I, I've done absolutely nothing. And uh, they win some, they lose some, but... Not every week, Pez, and uh, while most betting shows and most betting uh, punters and people on Twitter might go into hiding, put in their, uh, you know, put their a Twitter account on hold while they might not talk about the losses, I'm going to have to sit here, Pez, while I'm sure you give me plenty of stick and talk about every one of my poor bets from last week, Pez. Let's get into our bet review. Oh, we will, Sauce, and I reckon when we get to uh, the Saturday game, you're going to have a, a, a bit of stick. Uh, for the media manager for, for calling you out for a donut. But uh, we'll, we'll talk through and we'll see how we go. Uh, the first game was the Western Bulldogs versus Melbourne. Now, I thought it would be uh, higher scoring because the Bulldogs play fast uh, and it was in the first half, not in the second. Cozzy Pickett uh, to score two or more goals, couldn't do that. Waitman to score two or more goals, couldn't do that. Uh, so I ended up with a bonus for my uh, 10. Oh, I didn't end up with a bonus. It was a bonus and I lost that one source. Yeah, I um I thought the doggies were going to perform a little bit better than they did. Um, I should have actually jumped on Melbourne in that one, but Clayton Oliver to kick a goal, he didn't do that. Petrarca had a couple, so he kicked a goal there. But uh, two out of the three lost, so that's a, a, a zero, one of many for me for that round. 
Yeah, not not great at all. Uh, the next game was the Collingwood Geelong. I was really disappointed in this one because Jeremy Cameron, I thought, could have kicked. He kicked a really tough goal in the second quarter. I thought he could have kicked a few more. So I had him anytime goal scorer, two or more goals, which he ended up getting. But I had him for most goals as well, which he could have very easily done if he just uh, capitalised on those set shots earlier. But it wasn't a day for goal kicking uh, at the MCG there. Yeah, uh, definitely not. You backed the wrong forward there, Pez, because Hawkins had three. So you should just uh, pick the wrong horse in that one. I definitely picked the wrong horse. I escaped with a bonus bet in this one, but the I had Tommy Stewart for 20. He does that routinely. Joel Selwood for 25. He got that. He led the way with 26 for him, um, them. But uh, I thought Sam Mangola would have had some more running that midfield. It was, I was pretty happy with the bet for 25, but he could only get 17 uh, with uh, Sparkle and Tui taking uh, most of the chocolates. But Parfit was outstanding. He had 30, so disappointing for for me and a, another loss, but Pez, it's a bonus bet, so I'll make that back this week. Yeah, we say that every week. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, Brisbane versus Giants look like you didn't have a bet source. I had a Brisbane one to thirty nine for the win. Uh, couldn't quite get it. Zach Bailey got fifteen pretty easily, but Tom Green uh, got kept quiet by Brisbane as well in the in the big loss. So uh, two legs losing, no bonus bet there. Uh, we move on to St Kilda versus North Melbourne. I'll just continue to go source because you didn't have a bet here. No, I jumped a on better, the live better result bet. than when I actually had a bet, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I jumped on the live bet source. I was super confident in this one. Saints were up by, what, 43 points at one stage, and it yeah. was uh, looking really, really good. And uh, the backdoor cover from North Melbourne with the last three goals and uh, ended up losing by 20. So didn't get the win. Max bet as well. So uh, that one hurt uh, for my bet slip this week. Yeah, speaking of hurt, Pez, uh, I was really, really, really hurt uh, with my cheeky uh, and pretty disappointed. We talked about the Gold Coast Suns putting teams away, and I was looking... Uh, just to save my round would have been just in this bet right here. I would have escaped with uh, a nice little uh, $20 profit and not been blown away off the, the island like you've got the little emoji there with the, the tidal wave coming in. I had Ben King to score four goals. That was easily done. Uh, Brandon Ellis to get 20. As we said earlier, he had 27. But Gold Coast by f- the 40 points. I was looking really, really good in that last quarter. And then they let the Hawks back in. They did not cover the 40-plus. So, I um, yeah, I lost my bonus bet, which would have been absolute money for jam pairs. But... No bonus bet in there, no cheeky, and another big donut for me. That's that was actually unbelievable for me, Sauce, because I was keeping an eye on that game, and I didn't watch the end of it because I thought Gold Coast had it covered. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they had it covered 40-plus. I saw Ben King kick his fourth, and then I switched it off, switched it over, didn't check the scores again until Sunday, Sauce, and guess what happened? I thought it was going to be a tick. It was a cross, and then I just wanted to cross the rest of your bets, which... Uh, will happen when we see the next uh, next game uh, coming up on the Saturday. West Coast versus Essendon is the next one source. I had Flying Ryan to score two goals and West Coast head-to-head. I thought, Flying Ryan, you know what? He's going to kick a goal in the last quarter. They're going to continue uh, and get the win. Uh, but he didn't kick his second goal. West Coast didn't get the win. So I uh, used that bonus bet and uh, didn't get any money back from the week before. Yeah, well, Pez, when I, while I was I was putting more interest into the Gold Coast game, and I actually uh, turned off the West Coast game because thinking that I'd, I was already sort of counting the dollar dollar bills there, Pez, because I had Gold Coast with my maximum bet at minus twenty six and a half when they were up by twenty nine points. I thought, you little ripper, I'll get my round back on track after a very poor start. But uh, Essendon have absolutely bent me over there in that one, and uh, cost me another <laughs> one, Pez. So another zero, a very disappointing maximum loss, and. That's twice they've screwed me over because earlier in the year I had Essendon to win and when they were up by 30-something points and they let Hawthorne get up, I had the maximum <laughs> on that. So uh, back-to-back maximums, screw Essendon, they're terrible. 
We'll see if you go on them uh, in the bet slip over the next no three chance. buy rounds. Um, <laughs> in the next game, Sauce, I had no bet. But interesting looking at Twitter here, there's not a tick or a cross on this next game. No, there's not. Why, why, why what was your you, bet? Why, why have you let me there, Pez? I had minus 21 what? and a half. <laughs> You know what I noticed that? At the start I had minus 21 and a half, you little ripper. Got to win there, Pez. I don't need this. Media manager needs the sack. Absolutely saved. Get rid of that donut, Pez. And that actually doesn't put me down as a negative for that round. Minus 1.2. I'm still on the island, Pez. And I'm moving up to that top floor, Pez. You need to issue an apology right now. Mate, issue know, that I apology. I cannot believe, I, I'm guessing you thought you had a really poor round, so you didn't even check it, and you're just like, oh, this is horrible. Nope. I've looked I at knew the it, tweet. Pez. I was waiting tweet. to see if you actually admitted to your mistake, and I'm glad that you admitted it before me because I was about to get right into you just then. I don't think you were. I don't think you do. I think you're very happy now. <laughs> I'm you, not, you Pez. I knew donut. all about it, mate, all about it. But I've given you the donut emoji. Actually, the media manager's given you the donut emoji <laughs> on uh, Twitter. They've given you the waves because they said you're in the ocean. No, that's more of a a Mexican wave. That's what it is. It's the Mexican wave, Pez, because I'm all (laughs) around it. Everyone's there on the island. We're doing the Mexican wave because we've we've stayed afloat and uh, I haven't let the punters down, Pez. (laughs) Yeah, you haven't. uh, We still come away with a loss for the round, but that 47.50 really helps you stay (laughs) stay on that beach. So glad glad for you. Glad for uh, me missing that. You know why I missed it? Uh, because when I put that red cross on Gold Coast, I was like, that is unbelievable. That is the worst beat I've seen uh, in a long time. Well, you and said it I before, Pez. You said, once you, that's what you said before. You said as soon as that Gold Coast lost happened, you just crossed out the rest of the round. So it's just, uh, it's just poor form on you, Pez. Never count your chickens. And if Essendon was anything like you, I would have won my bet to the last game. So don't uh, don't well, count the chickens before they hatch, Pez. Great win for me. Uh, what did you do in that round, Pez? What did you do in that game there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you had no bet, no, you no. soft cock. <laughs> right, let's get on to the next one there. We get on to the, the, the Sydney versus Carlton game. I'll let you go with the first, Pez. Go for it. Uh, my, my one here, a uh, little bit nervous at a stage. I had a $20 bonus bet on this from the week before. Chad wanted to get 15 disposals, did that pretty early. Tom Papley to get two or more goals. Now, he kicked that goal late in that fourth quarter uh, to get this bet over the line to secure me my first win for the for the round and to secure me that $32. Yeah, well, mine was a bit disappointing, Pez. I had Luke Parker to get 25. He only could manage 23. In that last quarter, Pez, he, he seriously picked up the ball three or four times and got tackled. I think he had two holding the balls in the last quarter. That would have been my uh, 25 there. That was the, the one of the legs that missed. Jordan Dawson, who seems to routinely get 20 every week, he just scraped through. Um, yeah, and then I had right Ollie, Ollie, Ollie Florent to get 20, and he did that as well. So I escaped with a bonus bet, Pez, but I was still riding high from the Richmond win, so I didn't even really care about that one. Yeah, Sauce, I'm going to be honest here. You're around 11 bet slip. The, the first two bets were, were no good because they missed out by a lot. But the Gold Coast... One goal. What do you mean the first the two Eagles. bets? Hang on, hang on, hang on a tick. What do you mean the first two bets were? I think the first, first two bets my were first no, bet no was good. terrible. The second bet I missed by by eight possessions. All right, so that's not that bad. <laughs> 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 well, that's that's eight. That's 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 about oh. that's about what Collingwood kicked in the first first half of football. So that's all right, that's all I missed. Out to on. get eight possessions, we'll just play an extra two quarters. We'll play six quarters of footy, will we? And then you'll be really close. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to give you a compliment here. The, the Sun bet could have got up. The I West know. Coast. Uh, goes another way with injury, could have gone either way. But the Sydney one, I reckon you're very stiff there with Luke Parker on 23 disposals. So, um, yeah, I'm not, not sure about that. But um, Sydney, I had that win, so that was good. Port Adelaide versus Fremantle. Now, this is where I stake the max uh, pre-round source. And, you know, when I stake the max, I'm usually pretty confident. 
Port, uh, Fremantle gave me a, a bit of a scare coming back when Port Adelaide slowed down after being up by 40-something points in that first quarter. Minus 25.5, head-to-head halftime leader. Uh, doubled my money at two bucks there, and boy, didn't I need it. Yeah, Pez. Uh, well, I steered clear, as you, as you sort of mentioned there. We get into our source multi, um, and I missed out on the Bulldogs plus 14.5. They did not show up to that game. All other ticks because I had Geelong won, uh, you know, for the win. Brisbane minus fifteen and a half, and Sydney twenty two and a half. Really disappointing that uh, Western Bulldogs didn't show up. Did you not? I sort of called that at the start of the season. I don't know why I backed them. Yeah, you backed them against Melbourne. I don't know. We're probably two sides that no one really wants to trust in Bulldogs and Melbourne, and we saw what happened on Friday night. Now this one is where I had another max stake source, and I was not very happy with this one because I had Geelong to win, Saints to win, Port Adelaide to win. All very easy. I have West Coast plus six and a half. So I'm sitting there going, all right, I know Port Adelaide's going to win tomorrow against Fremantle, so this is awesome. West Coast are 29 up. They're not. If they lose, Essendon are going to win by what, a goal? Yep. They ended up winning by 16, yep. lost the max 50, uh, had a negative round after that. So if I was able to get that, like you were able to get your Gold Coast, we would have been flying here uh, for the cheeky. But uh, unfortunately, we weren't. I staked 200, returned 132. Uh, gave me an ROI of minus 34% source. Uh, we go for the total for the season in 11 rounds. I've staked $2,140, returned $2,478.20 for a return on investment of 15.8%. So below the 20% where I don't get the fire, but I've still got the little hotel emoji there. Now, Pez, I would read out my uh, my bet slip normally and my return here, but I'm going to pass it over to you, Pez, because I think that should be a punishment for giving me the unworthy donut emoji, which I do not like that at all. So <laughs> I know that I staked 125. Uh, what did I return there, Pez? Can you tell me what I returned? Yep. You returned forty-seven fifty because that was actually a tick that bet. Um, <laughs> it was so, so the uh, media manager missed it. Bad luck there, sack. We'll get a new one. Um, an ROI not minus one hundred percent source, like it says on Twitter, minus sixty-two percent, which is a lot better. I don't know anyone uh, total, that's happier with a return of sixty minus sixty-two percent than the, the way I'm treating this bet. It looks like I've won seven hundred bucks. Continue, continue insane. telling me how well I did. <laughs> well. For the, for the year, it actually is a lot better off for you because you've staked $1,875, returned $1,899.74 for an ROI of 1.31%. In the positive, not out into the ocean, you're still on the beach. Yeah, that wave that you've got there, Pez, is just, you know, the, when you go to the cricket and there's that first round of the, the Mexican wave, that lo- that lonely bloke on the island tries to do the, the Mexican wave and it doesn't get round the first time? That's what it is that one. It's that little first pre-wave, the entree wave for this week, which is going to be a full-blown, hats in the air, beers in the air, Mexican wave, because Pez, I love my bet slip this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's absolutely awesome. Uh- it is awesome, just like this intro, Pez. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi. Do you want do you want some as well? And I, I said... And Pez, I uh, actually got a message this week from uh, one of our fellow listeners who uh, is, is making a bid for your uh, your job as the media manager anyway. He sent me a message early in the week before you sent me the message during the week about the specials and uh, he was already on to them. So I hope you've covered them. Otherwise, Finster is going to have a, a nasty word with you, Pez. So let's, let's see if you can uh, beat Finster with the specials. Cyril takes a special and goes bang. 
Well, Finster, that'd be absolutely awesome if you could take uh, the specials off me because, uh, I, you know, without alternate accounts, I can't even use most of the specials source. Yeah, well, let's see if you can um, you can at least give our viewers their second favourite uh, segment of the uh, the show besides my bet slip, Pez. Let's get into the specials. Come on. Well, sports bet, uh, if your team kick a goal in the first two minutes, you win uh, on the Friday night game this week. So Melbourne versus Brisbane. We know we don't like that here on Behind the Boundary. Uh, they've got the head-to-head three-plus leg AFL multi one-leg fails. You get your, your special back. And... Uh, Disappointing source, but I've just realised this now. So, uh, Finster, you can have the job because Sportsbet, they do not have the three-plus leg same-game multi uh, all matches up to three refunds per round. And uh, I've put three of my bets on my bet slip thinking, on my alternate account, thinking that I would actually have that special. So, that's not there. So, um, stuff you there, uh, Sportsbet. I was going to say points bet, but stuff them as well. Yeah, stuff them as well. Um, Tab, we've got three plus legs, same game multi. If you if you need to get your your special and a bit of insurance, you've got Friday night Melbourne versus Brisbane. You've got Saturday Essendon versus Richmond. You've got the three plus leg and one fails on head to head multis as well. So that you got to tip half the round with only six games there. Source, uh, lads, they have AFL two dollar lines for Melbourne versus Brisbane. Probably bring some more stuff out later in the week. And at Neds, uh, they've got the same game multi three plus legs for Melbourne versus Brisbane. Now points bet. I do have to mention Source. I don't really like this bet. Who do you think will win out of Melbourne and Brisbane, just out of curiosity? I think the Lions probably get the chocolates. Yep, so you think the Lions. I think the Lions as well, who are actually underdogs earlier today on Sportsbet. The points bet have this source, and you wouldn't have seen it yet. I'll give you three bucks for Melbourne to win by 1 to 100 and Christian Petrarca to kick one plus goal. If you multi that up in uh, Sportsbet, it gives you $2.60, so it's not a massive boost over on points bet and they've just been, you know, giving people some definite wins, making it a little bit harder week by week. And now they're going, we think Brisbane are going to win. So we'll get everyone to jump on this $3 for Melbourne when they're hot. Yeah. Interesting technique by them. Uh, but if Pez, if you wanted to do some more value, you can take that $2.60, add another leg in and go across to, to tab. And then you get a little bit of insurance for it too. You know, put in a little like, you know, Bailey to get 15, your love and life. Cause he does that routinely. And that'll probably get you three bucks there and you have a little bit of insurance. That's right. If one of those do fail, then then you're gone. But actually, change from Melbourne to Brisbane probably puts you up to three bucks anyway if they're underdogs. So, <laughs> yeah, well, they've um, come into, into favourites now, them. Piers. They've come into favourites now. Oh, they've come into favourites already, have they? So there you go. Um, as we started recording the podcast, they weren't. So that's really interesting as well. There's the specials. I'm really glad that uh, Finster's going to take that one over. Thank you very much. Yeah, he uh, has a little bit more confidence than you do, Pez, in it. So and, uh, yeah, it wouldn't have muddled his way through it. But let's get into the Friday night game, as you just sort of alluded to. We've got an amazing clash. Two of the top two teams, very informed teams, both coming off some very impressive victories. Melbourne take on the Brisbane Lions. As you said, uh, Brisbane were the outsiders in this one, but are now firmed as favourites. $1.87 with the inclusion of Lockie Neal in that to help boost their odds. $1.97 for the outsiders in Melbourne. The line is 0.05, which is a, it's a horrible line. Um, uh, so it's basically a pick 'em game, but you can get a dollar ninety on that one. So if you think, um, if you think one of those teams is actually going to win, you better value at the moment going for the minus point oh five because all I have to do is win for Brisbane and you get an extra three cents. Yeah, well there you go. You're not going to win if it's a draw anyway when they're a dollar eighty seven, as you said. But they were two bucks um, just before we reported the pod source. So teams have come out 
and people have jumped all over Brisbane, putting into 187 at the moment. Ed Langdon is out injured for Melbourne, who I think is a big loss because he's been playing well on the wing. Uh, Lester and Neil come in for Brisbane, and I think that's where the money's come for Lockie Neil coming back in the side. James Madden and Reese Matheson omitted, as we said. I, I think Brisbane win this. It's not at the MCG. It's actually at Giant Stadium, uh, somewhere in the middle of, of the two. Uh, Melbourne don't get their home game, so they don't get the ticket sales, and they miss out on a bit of money. But uh, Brisbane, just in form, you, you can't tip against them. Uh, I, I think they're going to win. Their forward line is really dynamic. And the start of the year, they struggled a little bit. But now they're, they've been at home for a, a fair while now. And they're really ticking along nicely uh, to finish top four. So I've done a three-leg same-game multi, thinking that I had insurance on this source. So I would have had uh, <laughs> Brisbane head-to-head at two bucks. But I've actually got Brisbane head-to-head. I'll put McCluggage for 20 and Rich for 20. I put the max 50 on it, paying $2.30. And if that misses out by one leg, I'm going to be real dirty on Sportsbet. Yeah. Uh, be dirty on yourself, Pez, for not doing your job and actually paying attention with the specials. But don't blame Sportsbet for your, your errors there. Um, I agree, Pez. I think that the, the Lions get it done. I think you, you, very interesting what you said there is the Lions started off not so impressive. Over the last seven games, they've been incredibly good. And, you know, those first three games that they really struggled with, they've definitely bounced around form. Whereas Melbourne have been the other way. Their first four or five games have been super impressive. And they've sort of been a little bit um, not as dominating as they have been. They had a really great win last week against the, the Bulldogs. But, you know, the week before against the Adelaide Crows, I think they were looking ahead. And they have been a little bit sluggish. So my money's with a Brisbane here. I've done the exact same thing as you, Pez. I've taken the max 50, jumped on earlier in the day, and I'm very happy when I saw the inclusion of Lockie Neal. $2.04 I got that, so I've maxed, uh, put the max stay on it. I hope they kick one in the, the opening minute or so. So my bet's done and dusted, and I don't have to worry about it. I can sit back and laugh at you when, uh, when yours fails. Mate, I w- and I would have had the, the first two-minute special, which I don't really like, but um, oh, extra insurance for the you? first two minutes anyway. You've got to take it if you're going to bet on it anyway, so... Um, spewing I missed out there but hopefully that still gets up and we move on to uh, St Kilda versus Sydney uh, was meant to be St Kilda's home game it's now Sydney's home game at SCG yeah so and that definitely is how the odds and the bookmakers have seen it they've swung to favouritism towards Sydney at $1.33 St Kilda outsiders at three thirty-four. the line incredibly is out to minus 20 and a half which is a really juicy line I think some people will definitely dabble in over and under is 165 and a half pairs are you sticking with your Saints and backing them in to get the job done? No, no, not at all. Uh, without um, Ryan Marshall, he's still not in the side. Uh, they're, they're really struggling with the one Ruckman because they've got the, the good duo there when they're together. Uh, I don't have a bet in this one because I do want to, you know, barrack for the Saints on the day and uh, try and uh, see if uh, our forwards can kick a goal. Um, if I was to put a bet on here, Source, I, I think Sydney are going to win this comfortably, four or five goals. Um, Franklin is a ridiculous $1.14 for two goals. So I wouldn't touch that. But Tommy Papley, who's done it a few times this year, $1.67. And then Isaac Heaney, who kicked three last week as well, $1.72. So I'd be going uh, one of them, maybe uh, multi it with the Sydney to win and uh, try and get somewhere around the $1.80, $1.90 mark. And that's where I'd go, but... I'm not going there. I definitely like your thinking, Pez, and that's exactly what I was thinking when I was making my... uh, Cheeky! uh, I thought exactly all the the comments you just said there, Pez, is going to come true. Sydney to do this pretty easily. I've got them at 40-plus. 
Uh, same game Ooh. multied up with Papley. Not just to kick two pairs, he kicks three for this one. I think that brings three. out the odds to $2.10 or something with uh, him to kick three. And then Jordan Dawson, as I said, routinely gets 20. He was a little bit of a heart, uh, heart stopper last week trying to get to that 20 mark, but he'll do that in an easy win for the Swans. I've put my bonus bet of $25 on that from last week, so I've broken the rules of the cheeky at $10 odds. Gives me potential winnings of $225, pairs, and that will be money for everybody. <laughs> yeah, is that oh, is that the money for VBs? No, it's not a money for VBs, pairs. I've saved that from for another one. Save that for another one. Lucky uh, deal. Just uh, clarifying that for deal there. Um, you know, three or more goals, Papley. There you go. You think he's going to be the one to, to go off? You don't know who's going to go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the dangerous thing about Sydney is you don't know who's going to go off. But uh, I like the way that he sort of fires up. Um, and I know that when they are winning big, he does like the little bit of chatter. He does like getting around people. And I think he'll be one of those people that makes the, the big call for, for Sydney and get that big win. If you if you don't watch much of Sydney, watch oh. them when Tom Papley kicks a goal and get around <laughs> him. He loves a goal, and he loves a little celebration as well, doesn't he? Mate, he loves a goal, and he loves when they're winning big. He's all about the finger celebration. He does the fist bumps. One of the best celebrations from last year is when he jumped over someone. He actually runs in and jumps over them yeah. completely, <laughs> gives it to the crowd. you got to love Tommy Papley. Speaking of loving games, pairs, I don't know who to tip in this one. I do not love the odds in this one. Adelaide versus Collingwood, $1.49 for the Crows, who have uh, been really lackluster with the last couple of weeks, only stringing to cross those three in the last, what, 20 five games or something like that come up against uh, Collingwood who were gallant in the end against Geelong but as we said it was a pretty routine run through for Geelong they get $2.63 the line is minus 13 and a half over under 157 and a half look it's a big game Adelaide versus Collingwood at the start of the year if you were to tip this and what the line would be you'd probably say Collingwood's favour minus 19 and a half before the start of the season uh, it's in the favour of Adelaide minus 13 and a half uh, Brody Grundy goes out injured which is a big loss for Collingwood uh, they do get Jamie Elliott back after being injured in round two, I think, against Carlton. Uh, but they are struggling on their list at the moment. No Taylor Adams still from the other week. So their midfield uh, might struggle a little bit. If Adelaide's midfield can get on top, they might get the win. But there's no way I'm putting my money towards this game. Yeah, Pez, I don't know who's going to win this game, but I think it's going to be close. I like the line of 13.5. I think Collingwood have to make a stand here. This is, you know, they were impressive last week in, in a routine loss, and I think they'll take a lot away from it. No, Ruckman really hurts them, but uh, they're not coming up against a dominant uh, Ruckman anyway. So I've gone 25 bucks, 13.5 at the Collingwood line, Pez. All right, best, best of luck with there. You'll be uh, going for the pies on Saturday. That's correct. We get over to Dream Time at SBS Stadium, Pez, and that's uh, oh, SBS are loving these their rights to this game. Essendon are playing Richmond, two dollars forty nine for their Bombers after their impressive win. I guess this is sort of their home game after their win last week. Back to back weeks at SBS Stadium, Richmond come in as the favourites, a dollar fifty four. The line is minus eleven and a half in favour of the Tigs, and the over under is one seventy two and a half. Mate, the amount of excitement from Essendon supporters for last week. Move your club over to Western Australia and have your home <laughs> home uh, stadium at Optus. Uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. But, yeah, I, I like what you said. It looks like Essendon's home game. But Richmond have to come over and do this. I, I do like that they've got uh, Prestia back uh, with another week of, of footy. Dustin Martin's still hanging around. Jack Rewald up forward. Don't have Tom Lynch. But Essendon's defence, I don't think, uh, stands up anyway, uh, especially against Richmond's game style. So Essendon will try and run it out. If Richmond can bring that ferocious pressure that they're known for, uh, Essendon could be in a bit of trouble here. So uh, Francis comes in, Snelling goes out. 
And um, Zerk Thatcher went out uh, last week with an injury as well. So they get Shane Edwards back in, who's a really important player for them. Marlon Pickett comes in uh, to replace Toby Nankervis in the ruck, who goes out injured. Uh, and Daniel Rioli, who was a medical sub last week, doesn't get a go as, as well. But uh, what I've gone here, I think Richmond get this done. Richmond minus 11 and a half. I've put the three-leg same-game multi against Source on sports bet, so I have to hope they all get up. Uh, Dyson Heppel to collect 20 on the halfback one. I uh, should do that pretty comfortably. And Jaden Short at $1.30. I went for a bit of value there to collect his 20 disposals on the Richmond halfback one. Yeah, uh, good luck with that one, Pez. It's going to be tough trying to get all three of those legs with uh, no sports bet special. It's, I guess yeah, it's, well, uh, um, just so I didn't say, but two dollars eighty-seven that one source, and I put the max on it as well. Max oh, this is the week you've gone like three maxes on the no insurance, Pez. What a week to stay steer clear for Pez. Uh, I've steered clear with this game, Pez. If I guess I looked through this one trying to find some value, I thought there might be some value in the uh, disposals or goal kicker markets, but there's just no value in you know the players to get. 30 disposals or, or two goals. So I'm steering clear. Maybe I might have a dabble later on with the over-under. I like that uh, that over-marker. It'll depend on what the weather is going to be, but steer clear for source on this one, Pez. Into the Sunday game, we have Carlton versus West Coast, and uh, you've been talking about buyer's remorse with your same-game uh, multi-special, Pez. I've definitely got it in this one. We've got Carlton at $1.58 uh, as the favourites. West Coast, two thirty nine after an abundance of injuries and outs and... Uh, I'm very not looking forward to trying to talk my way through this bet, Pez. The line is 10.5. The over-under is 171.5. And the reason that I'm a little bit disappointed, Pez, is I put my bonus bet on uh, West Coast for this game before actually seeing the lineups and uh, what are the big outs and ins for this game? Oh, mate, you know the teams are coming out on Thursdays now. You've got to get used to it, so don't uh, throw your money there. Um, don't throw it away there. But I think West Coast may, may be still able to win. I don't know. We've got Michael Gibbons out injured. We've got the extended bench. So Paddy Dowzak, Fisher, Zach, uh, Jack Nunes and Luke Parks uh, out of them to come in. There might be a few more outs as well. But the big news is uh, at uh, West Coast, Archie injured out. Oscar Allen injured out. Brander, who's been playing really well down back, injured out. Tim Kelly, their biggest uh, engine worker in there, injured out. And Josh Kennedy injured out. Uh, replacements, you've got probably Nathan Vardy, uh, Zach Langdon, who are probably notables. You've got a debutante there and not many other names that uh, many people would know. So uh, Carlton, heavy favourites, uh, but without those players in the forward line, no Oscar Allen, no Josh Kennedy. You know where I'm going, Sauce? I've gone a bonus bet and I've just gone Jack Darling to kick the most goals in the match. So West Coast can still lose and he can kick three or four. It gets me three dollars seventy five. I put my twenty five dollar bonus bet on it to try and return sixty eight seventy five. Yeah, that's a lot better uh, money spent than my bonus bet, Pez. As mentioned, went with the Eagles. Silly, silly, silly. Before the teams were announced, not really doing my research on that one, and I'll wear the loss for that one, Pez. You can mark that one as a red cross to begin with, but. That's what uh, most Carlton supporters will be hoping because this is still a bit of a danger game for Carlton who haven't been able to get the chocolates against teams that they should be beating. This is the definite win for them. They should get the win, and I'm hoping that Carlton do Carlton things and I can sneak away with a little uh, cheeky win there. Uh, yeah, best of luck. Uh, that's what we get um, when we put them on before beforehand and don't do our um, due diligence for the team. We didn't think West Coast would have that many outs, but 
Um, there you go. We get into the final game of the round and the sixth game of the round, uh, Fremantle versus the Bulldogs. Yeah, this is a really interesting one here, Pez. Um, the Dogs obviously go in as favourites, $1.39. Fremantle at home are heavy outsiders at $3.01. The line is 17.5 in favour of the Dogs. Over-under is 166.5. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this one, Pez. That line, I think, is really, really low for a Bulldogs team that is firing. Yeah, it's 17 and a half. I think they should um, come out, especially after a loss last week, Source uh, against Melbourne. They need they need to prove something. They'll get Stefan Martin back in, uh, so that'll uh, do them well in the midfield. And uh, Fremantle will get Matty Tabiner back as well, so that'll do them well up forward. So uh, really interesting one, especially because Fremantle are at home, and we know they're a four or five goal better side when they're at home rather than travelling. Uh, what I've gone here is I've gone my cheeky Source, and I can't press the button. Cheeky! There we go. Um, I've gone the game to be over uh, 166 points, so 166.5. I think that the Bulldogs like to run and, and score at the big ground over there at Optus. Aaron Norton to score two or more goals. He hasn't. He's only not done that one match, which was last week against Melbourne. Uh, and the, this is the real cheeky part of it. The halftime margin to be between 25 and 36 points in the Bulldogs' favour uh, it gets me fourteen dollars fifty all up. I put the the cheeky ten on that. That is a bit cheeky there, Pez. I like what you said about the over and under uh, being over one sixty six and a half. The Bulldogs definitely overpossess the ball. Uh, they lead the league inside fifties and um, efficiency inside their fifty as well at the moment. I'm steering clear for this one, but if I was going for a bet, I'd be going looking probably the minus seventeen and a half. And the, uh, the over-under uh, total being over, obviously, the 166.5 pairs. Let's move on to our multis. Yeah, well, we've got to look at our multis. And before we do that, just the buys. North, won't those fans have a, a really great weekend, oh. uh, even if they're in lockdown? Now I realise why you're piling on an Essendon is because North haven't had to talk about them. You've been piling <laughs> on Essendon. Uh, they're the new North this week. So apologies to Essendon supporters, North Melbourne supporters. Enjoy the week off. And if you listen to one of these classics back and forth, just know that Pez has uh, had a week off from Potton North. Uh, well, they're, they're all right. They're having a, a buy. They're not going to lose oh, by 60 points. I'm going to grab that soundboard. North are all right. I'm going to grab that one for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. Um, my multi here, a little bit different. I haven't gone the uh, pluses and minuses. There's not enough games source. So I've just chosen three games head-to-head. Uh, I've gone uh, Brisbane to beat Melbourne. Uh, I've gone Richmond to beat Essendon. And I've gone the Bulldogs to beat Fremantle. Put 25 on it at uh, boosted odds of $4.27. Is that with sports bet? No, with lads. I didn't go with the insurance. You didn't stuff. go with the insurance. You just uh, decided no insurance uh, at all. No access week? No access to my alternate account at the moment. Oh. Uh, I only had it earlier, earlier today where I did the other multis, which – don't have any uh, insurance anyway, so I don't no know. No insurance anyway, so that's uh, a bit disappointing for you, Pez. But not disappointing for me, Pez. I've gone with Sportsbet's three-leg same-game multi. Uh, just pick three teams. I like the uh, the odds this week for three of the teams to win. All they need to do is win. One leg fails, I get my money back in a bonus bet. I've gone Brisbane, Sydney head-to-head, and Western Bulldogs. That gives me odds of 345. I've whacked 25 on that, Pez. I really like that one, and that is your lock, your money for VBs, Pez. Uh, yeah, the multi. The multi. The money for VBs is the multi. There you go. Well, uh, what are you at the moment? Six out of 11. Count that one, Pez. Work that in there. You might as well pencil that one in there. You're very uh, quick to put the red crosses in, Pez. Put a green tick, that one right there, for, for already. We might as well you know what I might stuff. do? I, I might just, while I've still got control of this media stuff, just give you a cross for every one of your bets this week and post up another donut. 
There's no need for that, Pez. Uh, you need to re- you need to s- send a, a formal apology for a retraction for my last uh, donut. I did. Uh, it is meant to be International Donut Day tomorrow, but I don't want. Uh, I'd like a retraction for you tomorrow for International Donut Day. No, well, best of luck uh, getting that <laughs> while I'm uh, in, in lockdown. <laughs> See how you go with that. Yeah, right, Pez. Uh, we better wrap this up, Pez. Let's finish off things with our coin toss. It was a toss of the coin. That fight wins the toss. Yes, it's been an unusual uh, year for coin tosses. Strikes a Two sides of the coin, pairs, and only one choice that we are allowed. No explanations, no rubbish, just straight out on the lines. Who is going to win? Melbourne versus Brisbane. This is a pick 'em. Uh, Brisbane. Yep, I'm with Brisbane as well. Sydney versus St Kilda. The line is minus 20 and a half. Uh, I'll go Sydney in this one. I'm with Sydney, obviously, having them to win by 40 plus. Adelaide versus Collingwood. The line is minus 13 and a half. Well, I have to. Uh, Jamie Elliott in the side and going Collingwood. Yep, you see, you're sticking with me. Carlton versus West Coast, minus 10.5. I don't know where this one's going to go, Pez. Uh, what, what's the line, 10.5? 10.5. Oh, that's horrible. Um, West Coast. Uh, I have to go West Coast. I've tipped them for the bonus bit in that one, so I've got to go to West Coast. Uh, and Fremantle versus the Dogs, minus 17.5. Um, I'll go the Bulldogs. And that's who I've gone, Pez. So, uh, save the best game to last, huh? During time at the G. Yes, the last game is the Essendon versus Richmond, minus 11.5 in favour of the Tiggies. Uh, Richmond, I've got that in my bet for yep. my max bet. Minus 11.5 sounds good for me, Pez. That means you can't catch me this week, still leading the leaderboard, Pez. We went exactly the same there. What am I beating you by? You're beating me by three now. You got another one up last week. You got the Brisbane Lions when I had GWS at 29.5. Very disappointing there. Uh, but you got five. I got four last week. So uh, we roll on and uh, you'll be up by three after this round as well. Up by three. And while I've got you, Pez, a little bit of a coin toss uh, just in the, the AFL scene. I sort of broke this spoiler earlier. Jack or Rewalt or Nick Rewalt, better, more courageous mark. Uh, Nick. You bias, mother. <laughs> no, you can't be saying that, mate. Of course it's Nick. Of course it's Nick Rewalt. <laughs> yeah. get, get around him. He was running into it. It was a chess mark as well, actually, uh, Nick Rewalt. So Jack, Jack's is pretty impressive, though, him actually elevating to that second level. So he takes the first hit and he's able to elevate him there, coming into on, oncoming traffic uh, a little bit higher in the air. But uh, the hit wasn't as hard. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't either. So, um, yeah, I don't have a coin toss for you this week, Sauce, because... Um, yeah, we're we're in lockdown and stuff. I don't even know what my excuse is, but yeah, um, lockdown or no lockdown, Pez. <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah, we'll go with lockdown. Oh well, that's, that's controversial. <laughs> yeah. Sound like the government there as well, Pez. All right, uh, Pez. Let's wrap things up and see how can people get a hold of us and tell us how terrible your uh, performance was this week in not recognising any of the specials. <laughs> yeah, I recognise all the specials, but um, at, at behind the bound on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, get around them and. Uh, Wherever you listen to, if it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you jump on and give a five-star review. I've been Pez. Peace out. I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time, guys.